0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erson. He is Aaron McIntyre. We've got a jam-packed show lined up for you today. Uh, We're going to have three non-political questions coming up a little bit later on on the program. Uh, We'll also get into some theology Thursday as we are winding down the study of my most recent book, Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Believe It Much Longer. Only a couple of weeks left in that book study and then we will start our third and final one. For the year. Uh, and then uh, also uh, at the bottom of the hour, I, I don't know how we have gone to battle for going on 30 months against COVID stand and somehow did not get this gentleman on yet. But Dr. Harvey Risch of Yale University is going to join us at the bottom of the hour, one of the most academically cited epidemiologists in recent American history. He will be joining us. Um, speaking of that topic, today's overtime you do not want to miss. Uh, friend of the program, Dr. Pierre Corey tweeted out a whistleblower report on the Canadian government's public health department and ivermectin. And they knew. And they knew all along. And they let you die anyway. I'm just telling you, and it's not a bluff, man. I'm going to sleep like a log if you let me kick the chair out from underneath at the noose. I mean, I'm going to sleep like a log. I'm going to sleep well. I volunteer as tribute. I will kick the chair from out underneath those whose heads are swinging from trees at the gallows. I will happily do it. After a fair trial... That's transparent, of course, you know, unlike the human trials that they gave us or didn't in the most recent booster case for their poisonous jab. I mean, after a I will give them the fair and transparent trial that they didn't give any of us before they poisoned us. I will do that before we lethally inject them, and I'd be happy to administer that as well. Slow and rusty. Should the needle be. So we will get into that in today's overtime today. Make sure you do not miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. We will record it right after today's show and then upload it there for you later today to watch at BlazeTV.com slash Dace, which is also where you can go to become a subscriber to Blaze TV if you're not yet one at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. And with that, let's get it started. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away, brought to you by TrialsAndExecution.com. Senator Rand Paul yet again confronted Dr. Anthony Fauci yesterday, this time playing to his face his actual words regarding natural immunity from many years ago. But she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she, she, if, not she get re- it? if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine.
3: This is an ongoing question, and you know we've had ever-evolving opinions from you, Dr. Fauci. Currently, antibody surveys show that uh, 80% of children, approximately 80% of children have had COVID, and yet there are no guidelines coming from you or anybody in the government to take into account their naturally acquired immunity. You seemed quite certain of yourself in 2004, but in 2022, there's a lot less certainty. One of the things that we also know after looking at this for two to three years uh, is that the mortality uh, from COVID is very similar, if not less, than, than influenza. So when we look at this, we wonder, you know, why you seem to really embrace basic immunology back in 2004 and how you or why you seem to reject it now. Reuters fact check looked at that and said, Fauci's 2004 comments do not contradict his pandemic actually, stance. Actually, words don't lie. If you look at the words behind me, we can go over them a little bit at a time. She doesn't need it because the most potent vaccination right. is getting infected to yourself. It so- is true. It is true, Senator. It is a very potent way to protect when you're trying to tell us that kids need a third or a fourth vaccine are you including the variability or the variable of previous infection in the studies no, you're not. Senator Paul also gave Fauci a warning. So when we get in charge, we're going to change the rules, and you will have to divulge where you get your royalties from, from what companies, and if anybody in the committee has a conflict of interest, we're going to learn about it. I promise you that. In
2: other news, in a 5-4 decision, the Supreme Court yesterday decided against granting an emergency injunction on behalf of an Orthodox Jewish college in New York, who a state court ordered to recognize a rainbow jihad group on campus. The college claimed the group violated its religious standards. The college must now go through the New York court system to plead its case. Justices Kavanaugh and Roberts joined in the majority opinion. Absolutely grotesque. Round them up update. This is U.S. Congressman Hank Johnson. January 6, 2021 will never be forgotten. An infamous day in American history. And people on the local level uh, at affected school board meetings, they won't forget the MAGA... Uh, Republicans descending on their school board meetings uh, after January 6th, like January 6th, disrupting meetings. It was a coordinated uh, attack happening across the country. Americans won't forget about it. Senator Mazzi Hirono added.
4: This is an outright attack on women in this country. That is how I see it. That is how more and more women and those who support our right to make decisions about our own bodies. That is how we see it. And this is a, um, literally, call to arms.
2: And now this Boston Children's Hospital has rightly been in the crosshairs of the anti-groomer movement for a few weeks now, as various physicians within the hospital system are on camera, online, gleefully talking about mutilating and castrating young children. So
3: most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty. But a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb.
2: Of course, The Washington Post and other news outlets claimed Boston Children's was subject to death threats and even a bomb threat. Well, we now know, thanks to investigative work from Chris Rufo, that the supposed bomb threat was never directly called in to the Boston Police Department. Instead, the department says they were made aware of the alleged threat through a secondary party. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sent two planes full of illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard last night, Martha's Vineyard, home to numerous wealthy, powerful people's vacation homes, including Barack Obama's, is a self-proclaimed sanctuary city. MSNBC's Chris Hayes tweets, deeply, deeply sick and dehumanizing to fleeing human beings somewhere vindictively. Meanwhile, Texas Governor Greg Abbott dumped another busload of illegals off in front of Kamala Harris's house in DC this morning. Kamala, your thoughts? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation,
4: including ours in our administration.
2: The country of Denmark, who had previously banned the COVID jabs for young people, is now banning the jabs for anyone under the age of 50. The country cites the need for more targeted approach to the jabs. And finally, California transplants adjust to their new life in Texas. Here's the Babylon Bee.
3: Like I said, I just wanted to drop by and welcome you to the neighborhood. Why, do you want something? Oh.
2: No, 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 no. They're, uh, I think he's being friendly. People around here are friendly, like we've seen in the movies, right?
3: I thought that was just make-believe, like superheroes or families that go to church.
2: No, 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 that's a myth. This
3: is real life. Oh. Uh-huh. So, uh, I live in that house over yonder. Name's Kevin. Hi, Kevin. I'm Tiffany. she, her. And I'm Steve, he, him. What are your pronouns? I don't believe in pronouns. Uh, I think they're reductive. And in fact, just you're asking about it is a microaggression. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I, I didn't mean to. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I like all pronouns. My favorite is you. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Exactly. So, if you need anything, just holler, my wife and I would be happy to help. Baby, he has a gun. Oh, Call the cop. I'm recording you. No, no, no. no.
2: It's okay. You can watch that full, hilarious video on Babylon B's YouTube page, <laughs> and that's what happened while we were away. Yeah. Wow. That lands. That absolutely lands. I
0: don't understand.
1: (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. Aaron's Montage is brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Take advantage of the the biggest discount we've offered yet from them on our show. Three-month emergency food kit for you and everyone in your family. That means uh, three square meals a day, plus snacks and drinks, the full 2,000-plus calories you need for a full palette of nutrition just in case Let's Go Brandon does to the food supply what it's done to every other supply in the economy. Uh, right now, take advantage of it. It's the lowest price they've offered anywhere in three years. $250 off plus free shipping when you go to preparewithdace.com Once more, they will deliver it discreetly to you in unmarked boxes if you care about that. Um, again, the sale ends soon. Take advantage of it now at preparewithdace.com Alright, to the montage we go. I want to go back to the conversation that we had yesterday because there are, there are two items here that are prominent in what Aaron featured that absolutely play into the dilemma that we are, we are facing, right? Because, and I'm trying to be nice to some of you. If you come at me with a weak argument, even if it's on the side I am for or leaning towards or favorable to, hope I ignore it. Some of the arguments that I have gotten in my inbox in the last 24 hours have been disheartening because they are just literally just they're just you're a talking point regurgitator and
0: so a republican <laughs>
1: <laughs> send your emails to erzinwest at hotmail.com for a change <laughs> all right um
0: I love how you started this whole thing. I'm trying to be nice to some of you.
1: Yes, to some of you. I mean, some of the arguments are like, finally, after I got 12 of these, I sent a guy a note back. I'm like, arguments from 2002. Thank you. All right. But um, the top two items in Aaron's montage, I think, perfectly illustrate the dilemma that we are under. So we did this exercise yesterday. We went through the items that uh, you featured on yesterday's montage, Aaron, right? And, mm-hmm. and we asked, will the red wave do anything about this? Save us from this, but do anything about it. And it was in light of something our, our buddy Matthew Peterson over at the Claremont Institute has been on the show a bunch of times over the years. He gave a speech over the weekend at a conference and he says, I'm tired of arguing about what conservatism is. I want to start actually seeing what conservatism does, Right. Right on the money. All right.
0: He gets that we're post-argument.
1: Yes. So, time the, the time for talk is long gone. And the time for action is almost over, too, because we're about to miss the window even for that. Okay? Uh, so, um, the clock is ticking on time for action even. All right? Um, if there is an ironclad... Now, some of you are emailing me, well, I live in Arizona, so, I mean... I've got Carrie Lake. I'm assuming when you have obvious opportunities and champions like that, I, that you understand that that's not what I'm talking about, right? I mean, is it okay to assume that? Or do you think I'm, I made that mistake? Or I, I maybe should have clarified that I'm asking. But just in case, let me clarify. We're not, <laughs> we're assuming you're not sitting around in Florida wondering, I, I mean, I just can't vote for these bums again. I can't bring myself to... We're, we're, we're assuming, right, that you plan on voting for Ron DeSantis a couple of times. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're making that assumption. We're making the assumption that you hopped in the DeLorean to go back to the future to vote for Kerry Lake already. We're, we're assuming that. Fair.
0: Yeah, and also if you have a burning hot red commune in the middle of New York, tell me more.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 assuming if you have these oasises or these these rare opportunities at your disposal, you know what to do with it. Right? We're we are we're assuming that. Okay. So you don't have to keep emailing me, well, I live here, we have this okay. Then count yourself fortunate and do everything you can possible for that person. Right? Yeah. So that's the assumption understand though that your respite your oasis is just that <laughs> it is it is not it is not the norm okay it is it is not the norm understand that all right uh our uh, and i don't know if i can say this publicly but i'm going to anyway because he didn't tell me that i could not uh our buddy ryan walters who was running for state superintendent in oklahoma he he texted me the other night and he said, so the party people are trying to, they, they, the party people, now that I'm the nominee, now the party people are, are trying to, you know, they showed me a poll that, that had me down by five points to my Democrat opponent. And, if, and the first thing he says, do you even buy that? No. Uh, no. In your state? No. And with your demographics and in this environment? No, I, no, I don't buy that at all. But then, then, you know, we're trying to think of a strategy of what to do, and I'm curious what you think, if if you were, you know, down here helping me, what would you do? I, I'd just make the end. Because you like, you know, we've got some people in the rural part of the state that aren't for school choice, and we have some of that in Iowa, too. It's We've got some rural people, conservatives that, frankly, care much more about uh, preserving the primacy of the high school sports program in their community right. than saving a country if we're just being brutally honest yes. about that it's their idol it's the identity we're the screaming eagles we're the wildcats well your country's toast so you can sing your high school fight song on the way to the gulag and i'm sure when you show up the the Stasi guards from the fbi when you tell them but but, but but we were the screaming eagles and we won the class Four a state championship last year they'll tell you that's nice as they as they as they prod you into the pen right that'll be great But I told him, if you're concerned about that, I said, I get that because we had this conflict in our own state. We have a state demographically that is very similar to Oklahoma, right? Mm -hmm. So we had the same problem in our state legislature when our governor, Reynolds, wanted to get school choice done. She actually had to play in a few primaries and get rid of some of the Republicans on the Education Committee, including the chairman, so they could do it next year. But I get it. If you're worried that you might lose a point or two of that rural support, then by all means, what I would do if I were running your campaign is I would pivot to just the whole thing is about groomers. That's all I talk about between between now and November 8th. All I would talk about is tying my Democrat opponent to groomers. And I sent him that ad that you ran in your montage, right, Aaron. All right. From that American principles project. Yep. All right. Going after the, the groomer stuff. And I mean, I, in, in your state, I'd run the most base, the most based, the most the most debased, Okay. Uh Examples of what they really want to do. And I would absolutely put that noose around your Democrat opponent. And that's all I talk about and all I'd run. Ryan got back to me and said, huh? Cause that was exactly what I thought we should do. And the party people all told me not to do that. And now I'm starting to wonder, do they actually want me to win? No, I finished, I finished his answer for him. No, they don't want you to win. They hate you. They hate people like you. That's why they're giving you advice like this and showing you polls where you're losing by five in the most pro-GOP environment in our entire friggin' lifetimes. All right, this is an easier environment than the tea party. That tells you anything. So, if you have those kinds of oasises, we're just assuming you know what to do, right? Most of the country, however... In fact, I'm going to be very honest about something, um, because it's personal. A good friend of mine, goes, we go to the same church, and a good friend of mine sent me an email or a text last night, and I'm not sure how to respond yet. And the text he sent to me last night, and and I agree with him, by the way, he's like, hey, I love our church, our pastor's a great job, but... You know, after I saw this David Barton presentation, he went to the same historical thing with Barton that I went to. We were both there. You know, I'm really fired up, and I, I just wonder if we could do more as a church, particularly with the election coming up, and I want to go talk to our pastor. And, I, you know, I know you have a relationship with him. Would you be happy to do that, you know? And I haven't responded back to him yet because I, I would like to do it, and I agree with him. But I'm sitting here right now, and I don't know right now that we won't have one, if not both of our Republican senators vote for gay marriage, vote vote to openly have the feds declare open warfare and lawfare upon the Christian church literally any minute now. And so this is why I haven't responded to my friend yet because I'm thinking a meeting like this, you might have like one shot to truly make a case. You know what I'm saying? And do I want to go in there, make the hard sell, Headlines tomorrow. Chuck Grassley votes for gay marriage. And now, now, dude, if I'm Pastor Quentin, I'm texting me the day after that meeting and saying, hey, tell Chuck I appreciate the 87,000 IRS agents he's about to friggin' sick on me in my church. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So d- if you have the Carrie Lakes of the world to vote for, or the Ron DeSantis's, we assume you know what to do. Most of America, even Iowa, for all the great gains we have made as a state that I brag about, we don't have that as an automatic guarantee. Grassley's awful. But he rides around in a tractor for 99 counties or something. Okay. It's, it's for almost everybody else that's not getting to vote for Ron DeSantis or Kerry Lake this year that is like, what are we doing here? Right? So let's look at the top two things in Aaron's montage. If there is a lead pipe lock, and this is my opinion now. I'm not stating this as an analysis or even a factual statement. This is just pure Steve's opinion, okay? If there is a lead pipe certifiable lock, vote for any form of a red wave you possibly can, even if it is a faint pinkish trickle called Mehmet Oz, all right? If there's any argument for it that I think I probably can't argue against, Okay, it's the number one item in your montage. It is. Granting majority power. To Rand Paul. To do more and more and and, and more viciously what he did yesterday. That to me is the best argument of them all.
0: And it's a pretty darn
1: good. And it's a pretty darn good one. I mean, I can't sit here. And tell you that we've lived under the most evil, profound evil in modern American history the last 29 months, and then make it look like it's a trite thing to not do everything we could possibly do to empower the few individuals who have shown they are willing to, on some level, confront it. I would be undercutting my own argument, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, this, and again, this is just my opinion, this is just Steve taking a a guy named Steve come now let us reason together how I'm trying to reason through this thing okay how do you get me to vote for Chuck Grassley who I cannot stand and it's frankly just running again in the hopes that he can grease the skids for his grandson to be appointed his successor after he retires in a year that's the truth we all know it no one will say it out loud I will that's why he's doing this yes okay um that's how you get me to do it Because there are a few, and I mean a few. <laughs> they have demonstrated though there's that the, the, that there's some there's some there's some urine and vinegar in the old system there and and they're out they're out for some level of blood here, right? Yeah. To me, that's the most that's the absolute most principled. And if I had to if I if I cast that vote for a Republican that voted for gay marriage and declared war on the church and died the next minute after. So this is my last moral act on earth. And then next thing I know, I literally keel over walking out of the polling booth. Next thing you know, I wake up, I'm eye to eye 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 with Christ, man. And it's time for my assessment and judgment. And he's like, you know what? You're covered by my blood. But I got to ask a question. Okay. Your last moral decision was voting for a Republican for gay marriage. Bruh. What was that? The, I, the one argument I think I could make, I'm not saying it would be good or successful, but I wouldn't be ashamed to try, is I just lived under the worst evil of the last 29 months I've ever seen. Maybe we have seen in modern, um, in, in, in modern human history. And, I, and, I, and there were a few people that if, if, if canoes like Grassley won, it would empower them To then maybe do something about this for my children and grandchildren. And that's why I rolled the dice. That's the argument I would probably try to make fair. Yeah. Not saying it's a great one, but it's one that I think is, it has enough merit to give it a shot. The counter to that is the second thing in Aaron's montage. What's the number one reason most people vote Republican. Better judges. Okay. You vote for Good judges. Right. Now I will say this. I think it is possible Perhaps even likely. Remember, Roberts voted the right way on Hobby Lobby. Now he curtailed the narrow, he narrowly scoped the ruling, but he voted the right way on Hobby Lobby. (laughs) Kavanaugh has not been good overall, but he has been good on religious liberty and has been good on, obviously, the Dobbs decision. Okay? I do think it is possible, because the way this case with Yeshiva University works, is they actually told them to go back to seek relief through the state court process first. It is... It is possible that this wasn't Amy Coney Barrett leaving Baronelle Stutzman hung out to dry, you know, when she refused to pick up her case. The florist in Washington, remember her, one of the original, you know, uh, Mm post-Windsor and Obergefell cases. That it's possible that they wanted to see the full rationale and full legal um, case made by the lower jurisdictional courts because they plan in the future on saying, don't try this with us again, especially, especially given the timing, it is possible given the timing because we're having this whole debate about codifying gay marriage into federal law. I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily bet on it, but I wouldn't eliminate it as a possibility either. I think it is possible that what the Supreme court has is doing here. Is saying we want to see this case fully adjudicated all the way through, and then bring it to us. We want them to put every argument, everything on. We want the other side to put it all on the table, so that we make a sweeping ruling, Dobbs-esque on this topic once and for all. We're not. We're not doing this. We're not having 50 of these cases every year because of the new gay marriage federal law. I think that's possible. I wouldn't eliminate. I wouldn't eliminate that that level of calculation is occurring here because they didn't rule against them they just said for now we're not going to take your uh we're not going to take cert we're not going to we're not going to take your standing we want you to go back through the New York state court process. I think it's possible that they want the lower courts to put on the tape, show their cards. So they're setting them up, setting basically. them up for later on. Yes. Like we saw when they chose to take the Dobbs decision originally from Mississippi. Okay. When there were 50 other cases they could have taken to, to call the same question of Roe and Casey into question. That's no, one. I, no one else has given that analysis and I'm a little surprised, but I think that's possible and I'm not Mr. Optimism. So if I think it's possible, it's probably possible.
0: I think the reason they're not making it and the, the way my wheels turn is that the way the vote went, it was a, about as you'd think. if Ro- Except Roberts the two and- guys
1: that would make those calculations were the ones that voted the way that I'm talking about. The ones that would be the most fingers in the air, okay? The only, the only time Kavanaugh and Roberts have not voted as a block is on Dobbs. That's the only time they haven't voted as a block. They have been an absolute block basically since, since Kavanaugh got on the bench. They've been ebony and ivory that actually is the is why I believe this is possible because they would be the most likely to 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 want to make a calculated coordinated choice and decision here but hmm. you put you put you guys show us you can make an argument other than religious animus for this right that was the hobby lobby opinion that Roberts gave you can you do this with without showing that it's just religious <laughs> animus you put your cards on the table first you, in other words here's enough rope you either take it as a rescue line or you put it around your own neck and then we'll cut you off you have me very
0: interested in this and i'm very curious so i'm not arguing with you so but why isn't alito and thomas also interested in that
1: uh because or is that, is because they're like us and just see the urgency of the moment and say uh, we have to stop this kind of an evil right now. You cannot do this to religious institutions, and we're going to pimp-slap this okay. all the way back to the hell from whence it came. Okay. Because they're not th- those level of calculators. Those are guys are ideologues, right?
2: But but I don't understand why ACB voted with that block, though.
1: With the... the Thomas Claire, and... and Thomas yeah, yeah, I don't... I, you know what? I'm she's done... Weird. I I, yeah, I can't... Yeah, I just... I, I'm done trying to psychoanalyze her. Okay? I just... I don't... I don't know. She makes... I mean... She fulfills the promise of her appointment on Dobbs, but she had been a colossal disappointment pretty much comprehensively until that moment, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know what political calculations are going on in her head yet. She's still relatively new. I don't know. Here's what we do know. On only one landmark case have, do- have Gavanaugh and Roberts not been of one hive mind, and it's Dobbs. That's the only one. Everywhere else they have worked, whether it is procedurally or or philosophically they have been of a hive mind but this does call into question if we're going to codify this and declare open warfare and lawfare will the republican appointed judges that you voted for will they defend you right right. and so that is the dilemma playing itself out every day more in a moment Well, we've been telling you about Patriot Mobile for quite a while now, and they are excited to announce Patriot Mobile for Business. Now, you can partner with Patriot Mobile Business, America's only, well, American, frankly, mobile phone provider. Join the fight for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Sanctity of Life, and more by taking your business uh, away from companies that hate you and to one that actually shares your values. Head over to Patriot Mobile Business for exceptional nationwide coverage that uses the exact same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great service plus the knowledge of knowing that your money is not directly supporting people who hate you. Uh, They offer wireless data plans and pricing that are customizable to fit your business needs. And here's the best part, no contracts, no contracts. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Uh, for access to their 100% U.S.-based customer service team, or you can call them at 972 Patriot. All Patriot Mobile business customers receive a dedicated and proactive team member to ensure the best cover customer service. So make the switch today. Free activation if you're a veteran-owned company is a way of saying thank you for your service. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Uh, this has just really been an inexcusable oversight on our on our part because we have cited this individual's work Numerous times uh, over the last 29 months, and we are not alone uh, because he is Professor Emeritus at uh, Yale University of Epidemiology. Uh, He's the author of more than 400 original peer-reviewed research publications. He has been academically cited by others almost 50,000 times. Dr. Harvey Risch joins us here on the program. And doctor, it is a pleasure to have you with us. And for the first time, but we have uh, long been admirers of your work here, particularly over the last 29 months. Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you. Great to be with you.
1: I'm always fascinated, whether it's you or another gentleman I've gotten to know very well the last couple of years, Peter McCullough, who you're working with on the project, we'll talk about here in a moment. I'm always fascinated when guys like you buck the system against your own system. And, and are truth tellers despite all the pressure to not be one. what what's the driver whether it's a belief system or it's a life experience. so so Harvey, what was it for you? How did you end up becoming uh, uh, even though you're a professor emeritus at an esteemed you know institution like Yale, you are now part of the dissident faction here. How did that happen?
4: We're sama's dad. I, I agree with you. Um, so my problem is that I've always been a scientist telling, trying to tell the truth about science, about how nature works and why should I change now? You know, um, I, I've always tried to represent the the best that I've understood about how the natural world works, how, what I've studied and all of my research studies. And you know, when you look at your body of, of work in science, I certainly haven't done it for the money. So um, the only fulfillment satisfaction that I get is by finding clever things that I've done that I have moved knowledge, scientific knowledge forward and so on. And what else is there, you know, in academic life to to feel good about other than having done the best science and, and reported the best science that you can. So COVID came along. And I didn't change any and I'm just here to do the best I can as objectively as I can about the knowledge that I've acquired, you know, uh, over the last two or two and a half years and nothing changes. Now, maybe I'm naive about the political circumstances, but aside from that, I'm still being the scientist that I am.
1: You and Peter are partnering on a project. We've talked about your credentials. I mean, you're one of the most academically cited epidemiologists uh, alive in America today. McCullough is arguably the most decorated cardiologist in modern American history. I mean, you guys are not, you know, this. you guys aren't ham and eggers here, Texas leaguers. This isn't, you know, you're not bit players. You guys have serious credentials. And yet the vast majority of your peer group around the country did not hold firm and fast to what they knew and their precedence. You just saw Rand Paul literally pull Anthony Fauci's pants down yesterday over his two-year denial of one of the most basic facts of immunology, natural immunity, right? What happened to the rest of your peer group? Because that's what a lot of us, Harvey, out here in the cheap seats that have been suffering under these policies for the last 29 months and are still looking at long-term escalating side effects of the virus they leaked, of the experimental jabs they didn't properly test, we're wondering, how did this happen? What happened to our health system?
4: Well, I think that what people are really coming to grips with is that a lot of employment and economics is a, a top-down system that fear can, can modulate uh, and employment status can modulate. And people who aren't independent, who don't have their own independent sources of livelihood, are pretty controllable by oligarchical kinds of of organizations. And so that's what's happened. And and secondly, I think that uh, public health has been taken over by a belief system that feels that it is more knowledgeable by virtue of its elite uh, intellectual academic credentials than average people, and therefore has taken on the paternalistic role of, of saying we should be deciding what you should do for your best health, for your best safety, when in fact that is not how our society has ever worked, and we leave people to choose for themselves how to manage their own health, or not, if they choose to. And the only thing that the government, the state, has any compelling interest in is keeping people from spreading illness to other people. That is the sole compelling interest for a government, what we now in COVID terms talk about as infection transmission. And so, methods that one uses to, to control that in a society have some degrees of justification, and we can talk about details if you want. But that's it, you know, that mandating treatment has never been a function of government. It has never been government's role to take over the, the medical decisions of people for their own treatment. And uh, we're not, we shouldn't be starting now in, in that regard at all.
1: I work in an industry. Uh, that's an alternative to the mainstream. Once it became clear that the mainstream was moving beyond even just a cursory bias to just flat out narrative malfeasance. And so the market decided, hey, hey there's viewpoints out there that are not being adequately or uh, fairly represented. And so there was a market to fill that niche. And along came the alternative media industry that I work in. There's a lot of people that are now thinking we, we need this kind of thing when it comes to our health care. So this is the part of, I'm guessing, the joint venture that you and Peter are launching called The Wellness Company. Tell us about
4: it. Well, this has been in development for nine or 12 months or so, looking at the fact that doctors have been unfree to use their judgment to treat patients, that the corporatism of medicine has taken over a large chunk of the primary care and specialization medical market, and... This means that, for example, in COVID outpatient circumstances, doctors have by and large told patients, go home, drink water, take Tylenol. When you get, if you get to the point that you can't breathe, go to the hospital. Well, we've never treated patients like that. We've, that this is contrary to all medical ethics, not to treat patients, uh, you know, to follow on some supposed suggestion, so to speak, from the CDC and whatever. That's not a medical organization that doesn't treat patients and so, this is what's happened over a society. I know plenty of doctors who started out treating patients uh, when they've got COVID, and then they were bought up by corporate medicine and instructed they will not treat COVID outpatients with those drugs or they'll be fired. And so, you know, this is not how we want to practice medicine. So, what we've basically done is reinvented the obvious. The doctors should be allowed to use all approved medications whether they're on label or off label in their best judgment to treat patients as best they see fit with the consent and and informed consent of patients. The patient treatment is the doctor offers a treatment to a patient, explains the treatment, explains the risks, explains the potential benefits the patient chooses. That's how medicine has always been practiced up to COVID. And why should COVID have changed any of that? It shouldn't, but we have all of, of this suppression Going on, as you say, messaging that's uh, uh, you know emboldened by the, the the normative, so to speak, media, the the legacy media, and the medical care institution is be, being increasingly crippled about dealing with treating patients as, as best they can be treated. And so we, with the organization uh, of a corporate structure that, uh, Dr. McCullough and I, and Dr. Amerling and Dr. Gessling, we are the medical advisors to this company, basically. And the company is doing telemedicine, person-to-person, in-person, so to speak, telemedicine, face-to-face telemedicine, along with providing um, medications. It has a, a pharmacy network that will make medications available to patients. Hmm. So you know, when you go to your CVS and they say, I'm sorry, we're not filling you this prescription, well, they won't have to face that. They'll be able to get prescriptions and so on. The, this is a major corruption of medicine mm-hmm. that we are trying mm-hmm. to break through, and and I think we have a, a very good chance of succeeding, and there's a lot of interest in this already.
1: You bet there is. I mean, I get emails all the time from people asking me for these kinds of outlets that we featured before, but now that we're talking about something that is, Full Service Comprehensive, by the way, if you want to become a member or at least take a look at it, TWC.health, T as in Tom, W as in wellness, C as in Carl, TWC.health is where you want to go for the wellness company, TWC.health. As we look back over the last 29 months, what has been, and maybe this we could do an entire book on this question, brother, but what's been the biggest lie that even you as someone at the upper echelons of these institutions is just like, how is anyone with a straight face actually attempting to sell this regardless of whether they've been bought and sold or not?
4: Oh, that's a difficult question because there's so many. Um, (laughs) To me, the biggest lie is the FDA webpage on hydroxychloroquine. So the FDA webpage was mounted July 1st of 2020, it's been there for two years, it's a fraud. The the webpage says, warning, hydroxychloroquine should not be used in outpatient treatment because of risk of cardiac adverse events. That's in the big bold letters. And then underneath, in small print, it says, we base this warning on adverse events that we've observed in the treatment of hospitalized patients. Now there's two things about this. First is that uh, COVID-19 is a completely different disease in outpatients and hospital patients. In outpatients, it's a flu-like illness with cough, muscle aches, fever, sore throat, um, sneezing, you know, and so on, the tiredness, uh, headaches, the, the standard things that people get in, you know, severe colds or flu. However, on about day eight plus or minus, in in a subset of people, they progress to a more intense pulmonary illness. That's an uh, an ammonia-like illness where the immune system overreacts and deposits a, a lot of immune debris in the lungs and makes breathing difficult and oxygenation difficult. That's a kind of acute respiratory distress syndrome that requires hospitalization. That's a totally different disease. It has a different treatment. It is, it is totally unrelated to outpatient treatment. Nevertheless, the FDA said, we base our recommendation on against outpatient treatment on the basis of hospital experience. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you can understand that if the FDA actually had any evidence to support adverse events in the treatment of outpatients, it would have said that. Mm -hmm. On a website talking about outpatient treatment, if they thought they could suppress outpatient treatment because they had evidence in outpatients, they would have used that. That would have been the first line of argument. And since that is missing from this webpage, it proves that they do not have systematic evidence of outpatient ill effects in using hydroxychloroquine in outpatients. Now why this is the biggest lie is that this was the crux of the whole pandemic in the first place. That the suppression of hydroxychloroquine started before anybody even knew there was a pandemic, and uh, before President Trump had even said anything. It started, to my knowledge, in fall of two thousand and nineteen, when the Minister of Health in France changed the status of hydroxychloroquine from an over-the-counter medication that anybody could just go to the drugstore and buy, to a prescription-only medication. She cited f- completely false uh, uh, theory that hydroxychloroquine was what was called geno toxic, that it had caused genetic damage in cells. This is completely Im- impossible. This medication's been used in tens of billions of doses in hundreds of millions of people for half a century or more. It is one of the most um, important medications on the World Health Organization's list of the top 50 required med- medicines. It's used in pregnant women and in infants and children. Uh, it's just one of the safest medications known. And yet the FDA had the nerve to purport to say that that somehow a very safe medication that everybody knows is safe, is somehow suddenly unsafe to be used in outpatients. And by the way, we're not showing you any data that it's unsafe. So this is the biggest lie. Had this medication been used at the outset of this pandemic, it would have saved hundreds of thousands of lives that were needlessly lost because this was suppressed for a year while while patients waited for vaccines. You know, and and whatever one thinks of the vaccines, this time period of of a year lost led to hundreds of thousands of unnecessary deaths that would have been treated. And had we been able to treat this disease adequately, the necessity of vaccines would not nearly have been as important and maybe not important at all. And that is the crux of the whole pandemic, that this pandemic was not used to protect the health of the population. It was used to sell vaccines and patent medications a tremendous tremendous profit to the pharma industry with the collusion of the fda and the cdc and this is the nature of of what we've been fighting over the last two and a half years not the virus per se but but our corrupted response to the virus
1: that's a level of malevolence and evil that i think is very difficult for most americans to understand even though we just lived through it but this is why we need alternatives. And and you've got guys who are MDs, folks, and two of the most respected in their fields pre-COVID to ever walk the 50 United States. So check out the website. TWC.health is where you want to go. 9.99 I think, is what it is uh, for a monthly uh, subscription. You get access to all of their services there. Fascinating to see. They've got supplements there for you. Uh, There was the study out of Israel that showed about 80% of its COVID hospitalizations were vitamin D deficient. Fauci told uh, actress Jennifer Garner he takes 10,000 IUs of vitamin D a day. Never a word about it, though, uh, to the general public or any of that, despite that data. Just another example why we need alternative health structure like this. TWC.health. Dr. Risch, thank you very much for your willingness to stand up during this critical time. And uh, we're happy to do whatever we can to help more people learn about this new venture. All right, take care.
4: Thank you. Thanks for covering it.
1: You bet. Don't ever come at me again and tell me Rise of the Fourth Reich was too provocative of a title for that book because he just laid out right there in that final answer, the entire premise of the book that we are going to come out with this winter.
0: Two things. In terms of the race uh, to kick out the chair at the gallows, uh, Harvey might beat you to it, Steve, and God bless him yes. for it. And second, I didn't even get a chance to ask him what the benign innocent explanation was. He just showed us there wasn't one. And second, second, we still get all kinds of pushback, our book, for our show and uh, like, uh, we're just carnival barkers out there. We're just scammers and grifters. That guy and uh, they requested to be on our show. I didn't go hunting him down. They wanted to be on this show to get that message out. Let that sink in.
1: TWC.health. I'm, I'm going to sign our family up. Amen. By the end of the day, when I get home from the show here couple today. couple of times. Hour or two is next. <laughs> Forgive me, I, after that interview we just did with Harvey man, I was telling Todd during the break, we got down to that last question and... and you know, and ask him what the biggest lie was and he's given his answer and I'm trying to gauge the clock and how much time I have and do I have time to ask him what's the benign, innocent explanation for that? You do just ran right through the stop sign there and just flat out connected the dots to point out there is no benign, innocent explanation. That they were preemptively suppressing. It's almost like, if I didn't know any better, it's almost like they knew they had released a bioweapon and they knew in advance what would treat it and so they began in advance suppressing Those treatments. November
2: Uh, of 2019. Yeah.
1: Almost like they knew in advance what they had done. Almost like the whole thing, if you you know, almost like it was planned.
0: I'm going to trust the experts, Steve. I've been told that's what I'm supposed to do. That was some expert testimony right there. I
1: mean, there are literally maybe a handful of people on planet Earth right now who have been more academically cited in the fields of medicine. He's an MD, by the way. I mean, he treated COVID patients. He didn't tell you that, but he treated, he's treated patients. He's an MD, not just an epidemiologist in theory doing public health. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I mean, this is an MD. He treats patients, okay? Um, there, there's, there's a smattering handful of people walking the earth right now that have been academically cited as many times or more than Harvey Risch has in the field of medicine. I mean, it's it's a very exclusive group, and I promise you- One of them
2: is French researcher Pierre, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Didier. Didier
1: Rialt, yeah. who who is the
2: one who came up with the
1: original exactly. hy- hydroxychloroquine yeah. study, that after then Trump quoted it, they then black-shaped him. him. They yep. destroyed him, yeah. Um, yeah, what I was saying earlier. Hell yeah. In fact- I'd give it all up the show the movie we've got everything everything I'd give it all up if the Lord said you have your choice nefarious is a hit impactful film your show takes off and rise of the fourth Reich's a number one bestseller or you get to kick the chairs out from underneath the nooses at the gallows for these people i'm not even thinking twice dude i mean i'm not i'm not even thinking twice i got to see the nefarious movie it's not done i got to see the rough cut i'm good okay so i just i just needed to know the movie was good and it is i'm satisfied i just hope your leg is
0: ready because there's going to be a lot of chairs Oh,
1: i don't skip leg day brother i'm in all right and I, I mean, I just. When we proposed the title Rise of the Fourth Reich to the publisher, man, they balked at it. And you can understand why. Right. OK. And to be brutally honest with you, I'm not entirely sure. I'd love to sit here and tell you that I wrote this book on my own. I would have suggested it. I don't know. I felt a lot more comfortable suggesting it when my co-author's last name is Horowitz. If yeah. You're picking up what I'm laying sure. down here. Right. OK. So I figured once he was on board with it then it was okay to go ahead and propose it to the publisher and, and I was like just read it just get start reading the manuscript and if you still come back and say this is way over the top we'll trust you guys it's your company yeah, it's all right? not a
0: deal breaker yeah we'll and
1: figure we'll figure something else out man they're start.
0: carving it into stone tablets <laughs> now
1: <laughs> they started reading the manuscript and they came back with all right yeah, we're going to call it that. Because if we don't call it that, we might call it our ancestors shot red coats for less than this. That's what they told me. Yeah. Our ancestors shot red coats for less than this. I, I just. You're damn right, I'll kick those stools out. I'll put the nooses on the neck myself, and I will sleep well. It'll be the proudest moment of my life. Without any hesitation. Just in our little sliver and corner of the universe, how many of you I've heard from who didn't get to see Nana or Papa for a year and then they died alone in that nursing home? A wedding. My kid was valedictorian didn't get a graduation and you just heard him tell you they didn't have to do any of it but they did it on purpose they suppressed that information that life-saving information they did it on purpose that is Nazi level evil without question it is And if you think those exact same people won't put you on trains with an armband for wrong think in any other area, you are dead freaking wrong. And you're naive. Dangerously so. This is not politics. This is demonic. There's a demonic grip in this culture. A demonic stronghold in this culture. And it has to be confronted and cast out. To hear, I'm not surprised by anything he said, given what I've done the last 29 months. But to hear a man—he's not a—he's not me, not a professional provocateur, and he's smart. To hear a man of his standing and repute say that out loud. Ought to chill you. Just in case you were wondering, we've been saying, if we've been saying these things for the last 29 months for, as Todd likes to call it, rhetorical flourish. For effect. For clicks. That man knows and has written words we can't even pronounce. He has saved countless lives. He's not a talk show host who had to, you know, do Cliff's Notes level of study on this stuff to intelligently talk about it. He is this stuff. He is it. And to hear him say, Professor Emeritus at Yale, they killed these people on purpose. Hell yeah, it's the rise of the Fourth Reich. And you bet your ass. I'll gladly kick those stools out from underneath them and shed a single tear while I laugh so hard I piss myself. You bet I will. Just give me the chance. I'd gladly do it and not even think freaking twice.
0: Meanwhile, Fauci tries to convince you of his legitimacy with Reuters fact checks.
1: And here's, I didn't mention this last hour. I promise we'll get to theology Thursday, but I'm glad you brought that back up because I meant to mention it last hour and I forgot. That's a key moment. Yeah. And I don't think you have to understand how a lot of Republicans operate and think. A lot of them operate in a fear-based paradigm and it's because they don't believe what you believe. And so they're constantly in fear of that getting exposed. Because then they'll get out and you'll want to, then you'll go to Trump and say, give us a Blake Masters or Carrie Lake to take them out, right? And so the whole thing is designed to hide from you who these people really are and what they really think. That's why they operate in fear all the time. For Anthony Fauci, in the face of substantive pushback and his defense his lone defense is a reuters fact check i'm just going to tell you what that does to the ecosystem within the gop camp that shows an amount of weakness on fauci's part that's the best you've got the best you've got is a Reuters fact check. Because here's the thing, all those Republicans know they've all been scammed, fact checked by people like Reuters. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, if, and, and so that's the best you have. It doesn't mean that they'll all suddenly jump on board with Ron, John, and Rand. Don't, don't believe that, okay? But the amount of pushback that they'll get within the caucus subsides considerably. And now it'll be treated like, you know what, if that's your guy's a side gig and you want to do it, it's not in our way. We don't care. This is a ridiculous figure. And within the Republican Party, that's about the best you could hope for. (laughs) Is that there's a few good people who everyone else won't get in the way of. Forget signing on and joining. Just don't get in our way. All right. That's an immensely weak defense by Fauci. And we haven't even begun the real pushback on him yet. the real stuff, and the best he's got is a Reuters fact check. Oh my gosh, that is so weak. I promise you they were talking about that within team GOP circles. I promise you they were because they're all weak sauce, so they recognize it when they see it. like wow, that was weak. yeah, it was very weak, very weak.
0: you see so you want to you want to comment on that oh no i'm I'm I didn't know how I was going to be setting up with that, but I'm glad I did.
1: Now, I'm glad you did, because I meant to say that today, and I had forgotten uh, on one of my rabbit trails in the first hour. So, hour two brought to you by friends at Tyga Coolers. It is, of course, tailgate season, so it is peak cooler season time for you to get, if you still want one of these, before the weather turns cold. Uh premium cooler American-made from a pro-American company. They're fans of the show. They have the same values that you do. They also make Lindsey Graham jokes just like we do, right? You can't beat it. They also make hella coolers and they'll offer you one right now, 10% off with the promo code Steve. They'll even customize it for you, provided it's not a copyright violation or uh, obscene. They'll do that for you as well. Uh, when you get to, and, and when you go to the website, taigacoolers.com, T-A-I-G-A, T-A-I-G-A for taigacoolers.com, promo code Steve for 10% off. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, Steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook, MeWee Parlor, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. You can get clips of the show over on rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Remember the last name is d e a D-E-A- C E, And thanks to all of you that have let us five-star reviews or hit follow or subscribe on your podcast platform. We appreciate you and the offering you have made to the algorithmic gods. We would ask you to perhaps make the same offering on our behalf if you have yet to do so. Let's get going with Theology Thursday. We're winding down the second of our three books we're studying this year. And this one is my most recent one. Do what you believe or you won't be free to believe it much longer. We are at the penultimate chapter. Share your story and let others in. Todd, since you did the questions, you may begin.
0: Well, uh, the important summary of the chapter itself here is that you spend all this time being, teaching people the need, the absolute need within a cross, Christian context to be hyper-aggressive in order to save the good, the true, and the beautiful. But that does not mean that we go scorched earth on everybody in our path we still have to love our neighbor as ourself. how do we do that so that is the gist of where we're going with these questions number one when it comes to serving christ by loving our neighbor as we love ourselves what preaching do you need to hear more of in church to make that happen what preaching is getting in the way of that what ministries do you need more of to make that happen what ministries are getting in the way of that?
1: My answer here that I would give may surprise you. I think you might assume that I would take <clears throat> like a hyper uh, theological or ideological approach. And you know, let's bring in the summit ministries curriculum or the truth project. And by the way, I'm, I'm a fan of those things. I've done many of those kinds of things myself, but I I think I want to make sure that we don't fall for a false choice here. Just because I am saying that we are we have esteemed loving your neighbor as you love yourself too much to the point that we have now made it ahead we've put it ahead in the modern american church it ranks ahead of loving the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and because of that now that's when that's why a lot of our churches won't confront the the we're afraid of offending our neighbor and i'm not saying we should be needlessly offensive but we should be far more afraid first of offending our creator. Do not fear the one who can destroy the body, but can destroy the body and cast the soul into hell. By the way, who said that? Yeah, very nice. Jesus said that. Jesus said that, actually. Those are his words. So, my, but, but I also want to make sure, Todd, that we don't fall for another false choice. And say that loving your neighbor as you love yourself is therefore not important at all. Don't want to do that either. I mean, Jesus said it was the second greatest commandment, correct? Yes. He's God, right? Yes. So therefore, listen, listen, it's pretty important. Yeah. It, it just needs to be put in its proper order. And, and this is where I do think now we need to emphasize loving your neighbor as you love yourself, but doing so in a way that still honors that first commandment to love the Lord your God while your heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's why this chapter is titled Share Your Story. Has your church ever had a former homosexual speak? Over the years I've interviewed, we haven't done in in a couple of years, mainly because of COVID, but over the years I've interviewed numerous people that by God's grace have left homosexuality behind. I I think the last one we did was Beckett Cook, right? The former Hollywood makeup designer, right?
0: And now detransitioners are filling that role Mm -hmm. very much in the
1: culture. And Beckett now, and just to show it's been a few years since we talked to him on the show. I mean, he's still out there. I still follow him on Twitter. He's still walking with the Lord. He's still on the narrow road. He's doing like apologetics and, you know, that defender of the faith kind of stuff, right? We honor God by sharing the victories that he alone has the power to grant us in our lives with other people. And when we share those victories with them and we make that... The first contact, if you will, of our attempt to persuade. We are loving our neighbor as we love ourselves because we are, we are saying, I've been where you are at. I've walked, you know, I've walked a mile in your shoes.
0: Well, let me ask this question then, because it dovetails perfectly in what you're saying. Okay. And I want you to, are you too ashamed to talk about your struggle with sin? Can Christ truly be your light if you are? are you a Christian because you think you are a better person or are you a better person because you are a Christian? The question there says it all.
1: I I think, you know, we brought this point up after, after Roe v. Wade is it was okay for the church to celebrate an act of the sovereign act of God's grace and mercy, right? Provided you're giving credit where it ultimately is due, which is to God's sovereign grace and mercy why didn't we should why aren't we we should be doing that constantly with our own stories the most potent weapon that you have as a believer and it's not even close is your own testimony it's it's not even close like i i, I wouldn't even begin to tell you what your second most potent weapon is because it's uniquely yours I mean, the word of God is the most potent weapon ever unleashed in the cosmos, but it's not uniquely yours. It's his revelation to you. Your testimony is his work within you. It's uniquely yours. No one can take it away. It is the very core of your identity. It's who you are. The greatest selling him of all time. I once was lost, but now am found. I once was blind, but now I see. If there was ever a time to abandon sort of the Christian, the churchianity, uh, Christian front of good Christian, Ned Flanders-esque people, now's the time. First of all, there's no market for that message in this culture in this period of time anyway. There's no market for it anyway. But secondly, it's just it's it's just not effective. You we we communicate and, and project something that others are going to see and, and if that they're unworthy of and it's unachievable, so why try? And it will be true because they are unworthy of it. And so are we. We were unworthy of it, too. In fact, let me show you how unworthy of it I was. Here's who I was. Here's who I am now. Here's some of my struggles and who I'd ultimately still like to be. After I got converted, some things that, some of my rough edges, like, went away overnight. Others went away in months. Others went away in years. It'll be 20 years next September. Others persist. Others persist. There's still some of them I like and don't want to let go of, and like Jacob, I wrestle with God over those things. Now I think I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that one myself. I like that one still. He'll eventually win. It's just a matter of how much pain in the process I would I I I, I proceed on in, in uh, putting myself through while clutching, um, you know, needlessly and hopelessly to said idol, right? Yep. But this is the walk. This is the nature of the relationship. That's the nature of all relationships. And, and I think we, we do a disservice first and foremost to our creator by not sharing that with those around us. And then though, we don't, we, and are not loving our neighbor as we love ourselves by not doing so. The point of loving your neighbor as you love yourself is, is, to, is the idea of empathy. And it's very difficult to experience and share that empathy when you don't experience or share that empathy. And that's where your testimony comes in. It's the most powerful tool that you have because it's the only thing you have that is uniquely yours. That you can uniquely share. The work that God did in your life, you'll have struggles that are similar to other people's struggles because there's nothing new under the sun. But the work that he did for you in the way he did it through you and in you was only done to you. It's uniquely yours. It's patented. It cannot be duplicated. There's only one you. And I think when we don't share that, we don't let people in. We don't show the victories that God has given us. And we front instead and put on airs. And pretend to be something that we are not, we create pottery barn churches, and then we wonder why you know heretics like Rob Bell come along before they fully reveal themselves as such and they and they and they they take away our kids on our college campuses with when they come after the shibboleths of our uh our pretend niceties and uh and plasticness with pseudo substance that they then reveal to be just doctrines of demon stuff. Why does this happen? Because we didn't, well, we didn't keep it real. Yo, we didn't do that. I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, my, my oldest daughters and my oldest daughter and her fiance, they're doing their first Bible study together and he's still in the active guard. And so if Stephen, if you're listening and you didn't like that, I mentioned this, Mention it to me next time, brother, and I'll make sure to um, not discuss these things on the air. But I think people will get a kick out of it. So I hope you're okay with it. Um, He's at Drill. I think it it was last month. And Anna said that uh, they were discussing their Bible study. And he's like, have you ever read this before? He's like shocked. (laughs) This is his first Bible study. He's like shocked hearing stories about... Lot's daughters got him drunk and then he impregnated them. I mean, the, the, it's basically, you know, the Genesis Hillbillies. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's keeping up with the Kardashians, um, ancient Semite style, right? The, the honesty about human nature that is portrayed in this book. It's just not, as someone who wasn't exposed to this a lot growing up, he had been shown... That it's not this relevant, it's not this real, it's not this raw. Therefore, if it's not those things, guess what else it's not? It's not relatable. And if we don't, if we don't show that it's that real and that raw to others, you might be doing a lot of things, but you're not loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And that answer your question?
0: It does. We've got about five minutes. I'm going to ask you the, just the last question. And it really, when I need an answer, kind of wrote it that way to stick out that way. But uh, I do want to give you the time. And it's simply this. What is good? What is true? What is beautiful? Will you fight for it? Will you die for it? Will you love for it? I mean, I don't. That's am, that, Lord, that's the purpose of that's
1: that's why that's the purpose of your life. Everyone within the sound of my voice right now, that that question is is why you were created. Doing those things is how you sola de gloria. That's how you That's how you live for the glory of God. Is, how does what does that look like? Itemize that for me. Manifest that for me. It's what you just said. Your question. It's an answer in and of itself. That's why you were made. That's why you are here. And if you are still here, that's why you are still here. If you're in a nursing home, man, and your kids are too busy to come and see you. And you're like, what's, you know, am I used up? There's no point in me being, nope. If you're still here, if you have breath in your body, it is, it is to do what was in Todd's question. In some way, shape or form. That's why you're here. God doesn't waste any ammo. There's no wasted raw material. That's why you're here. You're here for those things. And there's no better way to love your neighbor as you love yourself than to do those things, to do them. Gentlemen, I'll give you guys the final word. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, as always, to the degree that I I played a role in in this one, in uh, writing the questions, it was a privilege uh, because those words, like writing scripture, uh, in a sense, were not my words. I was just moved by the Holy Spirit to put that down as were all of the um those who put pen to paper uh to give us uh, the words of god uh, in scripture and really it's it's we get on fake sugar garbage calories we we, the church is so full of those but look at what that was just written there it's the most beautiful sweet real sweetness Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) that there is. There's no replacing it. It's impossible. No matter how hard we try. Take the real thing. The real goodness. The diet we are supposed to feast on for all time. It's given to us. Freely. Stop replacing it with garbage.
2: I think this conversation tentacles out into one of just foundational posture of our hearts. How big is our God, really? Because the temptation, the temptation right now, at least that I feel, the temptation in this culture at this time, surrounded by people who admittedly hate people like us as guts. The temptation is to be like Jonah. The temptation is to be like Jonah, where basically thought, hey, uh, I'm just here to preach the word, you know, after actually, you know, uh, spending some time in the belly of the whale because he was running away from God's, you know, mandate for his life. I'm just here to preach the word. I preach the word, please destroy these heathen. But no. I mean, the Ninevites, they literally slapped each other with fish, or at least that's the VeggieTales version of it. <laughs> but God still sent revival to that city. He can do anything. And so instead of, instead of looking around, there's a lot of Sodom and Gomorrah going around. And there are times when you got to kick the dust off your sandals and move on. There are times when you just got to run away and don't look back. But there are also a ton of opportunities to show the sweetness that Todd was just talking about. To do away with the conceit that we have, that we each deal with in our own hearts, especially acutely so. And we are surrounded by such evil men and evil times. And so I think the question again goes back to how big do we really believe our God is? And that's something that we have to, we have to remind ourselves he's capable, maybe especially when the times are as dark as they are, he is more than capable of saving a people, saving a soul. We have to remember that.
1: Three non-political questions are next. An all-time non-pandemic record of six trillion dollars of net household worth was lost in the U.S. economy in the second quarter alone. I mean, that's a, that's Great Depression kind of stuff. It's just that we have much more wealth built into the country than we did, you know, we're in in the early '30s where we were maybe a second generation into the Industrial Revolution and a middle class. So it seems as if we can withstand it. I don't know. Let's let's not find out and have like. A couple more quarters in a row like that. Know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Our comfort both protects us and chokes us at the same time. Yeah,
1: exactly. Something tells me, though, that uh, the people that are managing the current decay, they are bound and determined to find out, which is why. Learn how and why people that have been smart with their money for centuries— Have at times of government schemes and debasement used gold and silver as their hedge against such schemes and debasement. Get signed up with our friends over at Bullion Max right now. Uh, They'll get you started with their Silver Starter Kit and they'll even offer it to you at employee pricing. They can't offer it any more inexpensive than that. Employee pricing uh, for the uh, Silver Starter Kit that includes the Silver American Eagle and several other Desirable silver pieces to invest in. Take advantage of this offer right now, but it's so good we limit it to just one per household. When you go to bullionmax.com slash Steve, bullionmax B-U-I-L-L-I-O-N. Booleanmax.com slash Steve. Bullionmax.com slash Steve.
4: Okay.
2: Maybe I should think of a third question. That'd be good because I have two. I will come up with a third one. Just put pleased, a lot
1: of thought into it as please,
2: always. Please please take a little more than 30 seconds to answer the first two though, all right? I'm I'm curious your answer to the first one. Okay. Let's pretend things go completely out of control, okay? Just completely out of control. Society collapses. What's your bug out plan for you and your family and what's your destination
1: I don't know where to go right there's there's I've
2: I'm gotta, talking urgent bug out plan like it doesn't matter where we go we just got to get out of here, but we have somewhat of a destination in mind um I'll give you an example'll I'll okay. Okay. My general plan is cutting the wires to my, you know, the the satellite uplink from my car that every car has now. Cutting those first. Traveling by cover of darkness as far as my car will take me with my family. Um, Packing as much as we possibly can. Uh, We've got our guns with us. And then I'm just heading southwest as 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 fast as I can. see. I was actually to say I'm probably going to go to Texas. Yeah. I, I I mean, but but southwest mountains, you know, directly west, something like that. But I that's like your my plan. plan. I'm,
1: I'm, I like that plan. That's a pretty good plan. I like it. I'll go with that plan. Okay, I, but what else in, is there? In case you in case you guys don't know, I'm not a. What if. What if, we, what if we have to bug out, guy? That's not. I'm not that guy. I'm the. We have to stop it from bugging out, guy. Yeah. That's what. That, that's yeah. more my speed. Okay. My bug out plan does not have NFL Sunday ticket. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a. What's your bug out plan, guy? I'm the. Uh, we have to stop the bug out kind of guy. But if we fail, I might just follow you. I yeah. like that. I like that plan. I okay. like it a lot. Todd, what's your answer?
0: It's not much different from Aaron's. I don't think it's just the the southwest it's uh, various parts uh of the south uh in in general <sighs> but i also i i being the father of four daughters definitely weighs into this as opposed to four sons i let, like because like steve like i i would want to stay to the bitter end and if it was just me alone it, I'd, I'd alamo the thing you know i would just come and get me so i guess that's the reason why this is so very very hard for me is because i am so conflicted in my duties i have a duty as a father and a husband and then i as a duty of a you're gonna pay for what you've done
1: all right Next question from Aaron, brought to you by our friends over at Rough Greens. If you're a pet owner, by the way, further proof that I am just an awful, I'm just a dreadful person. I mean, just awful. Capstan is full run of uh, antibiotics. How many accidents do you think we've had in the house since we took him to the bed and found out he was actually sick? No, how, 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 many, how many think it is? Just, just kind of guess how many think it is.
0: Is it round?
1: It's a round. And low and number. And hollow
0: in the center. And
1: it has a... has a very hollow center.
0: <laughs> like you on this topic.
1: <laughs> yeah, like like my heart. In my chest, apparently.
0: You should have seen him the day you came in. <laughs> that dog's gonna get it! <laughs> is that, the, is that, the, is that my,
1: one of the angriest you've ever seen me? Well, I mean, was, I, was so... I was pretty ticked that day, okay? Yeah. In my defense, not that I have any, We had had like eight accidents before I got to that point. All right? So I I don't want to make it look like the dog had one accident and I lost it. That's very true. All right? But Zoe's like, do you think we should take the dog to the vet before we get rid of it? And I was like. Point of order. Fair point. Yeah, I think that's probably justifiable objection. Sure enough, he was sick and he's good now and doing great and asking to go out. He's back regular and. He's our cute little Bichon again, because um, I'm awful and dreadful. That's why. Don't be like me. All right. (laughs) Didn't we just do a segment about share your struggles? Yes. (laughs) Let people in. I'm doing that right now. (laughs) Rough Greens uh, takes the vitamins, minerals, nutrients that are missing likely from your pet's diet and puts them back in. Why are they missing? Same reason they're missing from yours. Mass production, processing, distribution of food for both people and pets these days. That's why we're taking so many supplements these days. Now there's one for your pet. You mix it into their food and you've restored the stuff that was taken out. But you might be wondering, what if it doesn't work? What if he doesn't like the taste? We agree. Those are good questions to ask. That's why we give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. When you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, that's how they spell it over there, roughgreens.com. They do ask you to pay for the shipping, so you are invested to some extent. But roughgreens.com is where you want to go, roughgreens.com,
2: or you can call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Question number two. What's the most stupid thing you've done, or almost did, I should say? What's the most stupid thing you almost did, but you caught yourself before going through with it? You want me to start? Yeah.
1: No, I, I have a st- I, I know what it is. Are you I editing? Just, I just don't know that I want to say this out loud, because it's just so terrible. <laughs> it's just so terrible. Okay. One of my summers at university. Oh boy. I didn't want to go home. There's a lot of terrible stories that start like that. One time at college. Sounded out, it started
0: out like a British novel there. I had my summer at university. Yes, thank
1: you. Yeah, sorry. Uh, One summer I stayed on, I I stayed at a place off campus so that I wouldn't have to go home and deal with Dave. I stayed on, I stayed on campus, got a part time job working the maintenance crew on campus. We did like no work and it just, Sit around, and that's how I got that summer. That's how I got hooked into the Beatles and a bunch of stuff. as we just listen to music most of the time we'd very low levels of work, but um, and I rented a, I subleased a house from some of the members of the uh, the baseball team with a few of the other, a few other people that I didn't know that live in the home, and uh, I was really low, it was in between paychecks and uh spent too much of my previous week's paycheck on wine women and song i'm down some money i'm out of food at the house right and the mail comes through and there's a um there's an envelope that's opened on my sidewalk and so i pick it up and i open it up and there's a check i don't even remember how much it was for personal check written there for like several hundred bucks probably i'm guessing i don't know how much it was for right and so I'm thinking I seriously thought I was going to get away with this, all right? I'm going to just sign this over to myself and go to the bank. <laughs> 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 I honestly thought I was going to get away with it. And I mean, I I'm I'm on my way I'm on my way over to the bank and I'm like I don't think that's how this works, right? You did your. <laughs> this is not I you don't get away with stuff like this, right? You can't it, it can't be this easy, otherwise people would be raiding folks' mail for stealing stealing <laughs> chicks out of their mail is all the time. The, is that where the proto version of uh, what's the game? What are the rules? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so <laughs> I'm just um, I got I I, I think I might have even gotten to the bank lobby and I'm like I don't think this is gonna work. Probably be a very bad idea. And but that that might have been the stupidest idea that I'm I think I've ever jail had. jail for that. That well, that could have happened as well. Might have been to my benefit actually. That's at a great that stage. Yeah.
0: Uh I had the joy in this case of my wife being the one to tell me I was stupid. Uh back uh Ainsley would have been probably in eighth grade or something like that. So her her talent as both a soccer player and a runner, but that was abundantly evident. And so in the summer I had family in town and we went to this really cool natural uh, area in uh, Wisconsin that had some small canyons carved out uh, by, um, it's, you know, around the dells, a lot of that goes on there. So you could climb up some of the rock walls that were probably, you know, two to three stories high, and you could jump down into what had very, very deep water pockets. And then, you know, they would be shallow in other areas where you could walk through it so and it was very well known where you were and we watched people adults uh jump down into it uh and these are things i had done and thrill seeking when i was so ainsley my oh she she's like that looks pretty cool dad can i, I want to do it and i'm thinking well i love the spirit the heart of it all and she starts climbing up that wall and my wife was late to catching up with us and she you know there's the look i got the look from my wife like um there's a (laughs) lot of things that if this if this goes through will not be happening in your life what in are you thinking uh and she said you you she's she uses all this talent and all this stuff and her her thrill seeking and all that stuff out on these things and you're going to jeopardize that and i was like apparently i was dear and so yeah then i said ainsley why don't you just come back down that rock wall and let's not Let's not do this.
2: A couple of great stories. This one is recency bias. Which one bi- was dumber? Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one, recency bias for me. Right behind this background, the step and repeat background, there's a, there's a cubicle. It's a pretty heavy duty cubicle. We just don't use it that much. I'm trying to get rid of it, throw it away. And it's become a multi-month massive can of worms. I can't really tell you the reason why, yet. You'll find out soon. I'm trying to get rid of this thing, and I start taking it apart. I thought I'd just, one afternoon, spend a couple of hours taking it apart. I take one panel off of this cubicle. I get to the second panel, and I remember, oh, yes, this this has electrical outlets built into it. And so, just without thinking. And there's no obvious way to remove the strip of electrical outlets. So, I'm just like, whatever, we're to pitching this anyway so i get a wire cutter and it's an oh, all no. metal wire cutter oh, oh i oh, I gosh. pick it up and i'm like i'll just cut right through this ribbon of oh and i stopped fortunately we were almost, we were
1: almost down amanda's basically this story I
2: yeah i stopped fortunately that was just one of the most mindless things i think my, i might have ever even thought or contemplated doing still hasn't been removed yet it should be in the next <sighs> couple of weeks
0: that that's pretty and you're our tech
2: guy yeah, I was just... I'm maybe rethinking my answer to the first question, just following you. Do I have like a subconscious death wish or something? I don't yes. know.
1: Uh, really quick, uh, you know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do in any economy, but especially during these... Unprecedented press at a times. Bing. Make sure you go in with an agent that you know you can trust. And at realestateagentsitrust.com, we only work with the best agents. We do our homework before they get included in the database. That's why there are thousands of them waiting in line to be verified and included right now because we are vetting them first. Our team will help you make the introduction to an agent that will get you to where you want to get away from or go to. Uh, and they will follow you through to the very end and finish the race of the buying and selling or buying or selling process and make sure that you are satisfied. They've got long track records of success. They'll put it to work for you when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, Make realestateagentsitrust.com. Just go there, give us your information, uh, and we'll put you in contact with an agent to get your process started at realestateagentsitrust.com.
2: Final question quickly. Define what an upset is in athletics and using your own definition. What's the biggest upset of all time in any sport got two minutes Uh, i was
1: uh, i was gonna say the miracle on ice villanova georgetown are the two that immediately come to mind for me um and to me an upset would be uh doing something or defeating something that you were not expected to or given very few odds of doing so and then there's degrees of upsets right there's just a random run-of-the-mill upsets there's monumental ones and you and I agree on maybe what the greatest one of all time is.
2: I meant domestic upsets. That's on me. My bad. I I would say that's pretty much my definition. When you have uh, players that aren't supposed to beat other players and an entire team that's not supposed to, supposed to beat another team, I think that's an an upset. And I think one of the biggest domestic upsets of all time. It's actually under the radar is the Chiefs beating the Kansas City Chiefs beating the uh, what is it the Vik yeah the Vikings. Back in Super Bowl four, people don't remember how big of an upset that was. I mean, the AFC was just so spat upon back then. I I think to me, that's one of the biggest domestic upsets.
1: Yeah, well, people always think it's the previous year when the Jets won. That is is what created the merger. It was actually the, the mm-hmm. following year. Because that was considered an outlier, yep. yeah. And Joe Namath was a you know Titanic figure. It was the following year when the Chiefs beat the Vikings, and the, the AFC did it. The AFL did it two years in a row. That's finally what led to the merger. Was that well, I
0: think if it's just domestically, I think you got to talk about uh, number one Virginia losing to number sixteen, whoever. Oh, yeah. That
1: would be there. That yeah, I can't even remember the name of the school yeah. now. Off the top of my head. Just UMBC. V- thank you, uh, Maryland Baltimore County. Thank you. That would be there. Villanova Georgetown would be a domestic one that I had mentioned before, right? I mean, that was considered one of the greatest upsets, maybe the greatest upset in the history of the NCAA Tournament Championship game. Yeah. All right, we're going to stick around and do a very troubling overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll be back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Hall of Famer Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317.
4: This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.